Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey everybody, in this episode of the GH Report, Ryan plots his escape. There's a family therapy session that leaves some really open wounds there. And we've got two days episodes, so we may even open it up to your phone calls. Who knows how this episode will go? Let's get ready. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the Hey, everybody. If you know that song, you know what that means. It is time to grab the reoccurring hoodie and come and do the GH report right here on AfterBuzz TV. I'm one of your hosts. Wearing the red hoodie, because why not? Frank Moran. And I'm your co-host, Carla Rodada. Oh, my God, Frank, you are pure comedy today. You're killing me. And as always, folks, like us on Facebook. Give us those five stars on iTunes. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. And you are already in the chat, so keep it coming right there. We appreciate those that candid commentary. Oh, we, uh, we love doing that as well. And uh, let's just give a big uh, hello to our special in-studio guest. We've got Xavier here. Hey, Xavier, Xavier Lee, J. Thomas. We love to have a live studio audience here when we can get that. I mean, I guess you know, there are still four other chairs still <laughs> empty that you know, Maurice Bernard could be sitting in. Whatever. But Mary Maze. Pat is coming. Shut up. Is she? Is she? Are we any closer to that? Mary Pat is coming. Shut up. All right. We'll see about that one. There you go. Yeah, okay. That doesn't sound like Maurice Bernard, though. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> so, folks, uh, as you know, we only have two days of episodes. Uh, they did do uh, encore presentations for Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Mm-hmm. And we'll have another encore presentation on Monday as well for the mm-hmm. holiday. Mm-hmm. But uh, we'll, we'll dive deep into these uh, two episodes. Let me just start it off, honey. Oh, Carlos got notes. Because, bae, I do, I have notes. That therapy session with Jordan, Curtis, and Aunt Stella. Woo! That's right, baby. Aunt Stella, or Aunt Stella, as we like to say in the African-American community, Aunt Stella went in. I was like, oh, man. And the woman that plays her, Vernay Watson, I idolize her so much. When I was... um, aspiring to be an actress and to get into the business. She was that one black woman that I saw in commercials all the time. And it was only one black woman and it was her. And she had been doing it for years and years and years. So when I moved to LA and I finally showed up at an audition and I was auditioning against her, I'm like, Ooh, I thought I had made it because I was <laughs> at an audition with Vernay Watson, honey. But Vernay Watson won an Emmy earlier this season for um, her role as Aunt Stella on General Hospital. And baby, she showed why she earned that Emmy this week. She went in. And yeah. what I really loved about it is there was that moment where Jordan was like, okay, all right. So now we know why you're so salty. And she let her have it. She was like, you don't have no life of your own for 20 years. I was like, oh, 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 oh. it was, it was uh, intense. I love that scene. It was the, it was the best confrontation scene that I've seen between characters on General Hospital in a really long time. I was living for that. It was great. And it's been nice because the, those two characters have been kind of dancing around this. And they have uh, sniped a little bit at each other, but mostly they've shared their feelings with other people about how they feel towards the other. Exactly. And now to be in a room where the whole point of it is to, no, let's 
Let's get a dialogue going between the two of you and see what's up. And I love how Chandra Wilson from Grey's Anatomy, who's a huge fan of General Hospital, as she announced when she first got Grey's Anatomy, she's like, I love General Hospital. And they brought her on there once before playing somebody else. But I love that she was the therapist. And the whole time she was talking, she talked in this voice. And she never raised her voice. And her expression never changed. And I was like... Y'all better go. The black people were bringing it on General Hospital this week. That's all I know. And that's the other thing I want to say. Usually on soap operas, there's usually one black male. There's usually one black female. There's usually one black family or one black child. And they're usually secondary characters and not and a storyline isn't really focused around them, allowing them to stretch their acting muscles. Kudos to General Hospital for finally letting them have that moment. It was great. And now I'm really sad because Vanessa Antoine is leaving. So I will, I don't know who the chick is that's coming in to play Jordan, but she got some big shoes to fill. She does. I, I feel like the other thing that disappoints me, though, is in addition to her leaving. But uh, the fact that we only have uh, Chandra Wilson there for one episode, so it's, it makes it highly unlikely we're going to get to see another of those sessions again because there there are some some great stuff to really dig deep into. Yeah. And it's like, I would love to see another one. I just, you know, I don't need to see a lot of them, but I, I, I would love to see another one of those sessions. I would have, I would have loved to seen the follow up session because the follow up session to that one that they had, woo! This is what. So, um, what I heard her say is, oh, and then I love, I love. Remember the moment where they were talking and she was talking. I still was talking about herself in the third person. She's talking about herself in the third person, and she was like, "Well, get on with it, honey." And then Jordan called her honey right back. Like they went in. Verne Watson playing on Stella in that scene got so into it that her body was actually shaking. Did you see her shaking? Mm -hmm. She was shaking. I'm like, oh, she's not. She looked like she's about to jump off across that table and let Miss Vanessa have it. I was like, oh, oh, oh. I was like, oh, no, Verne, don't do that. Don't do that. And then. I love that we finally found out what was eating on Stella. We finally found out that the reason she was so salty is because she blamed Jordan for having the affair with Sean Butler behind her husband Thomas's back. And that was the impetus for Thomas and Sean to have that interaction, which resulted in Thomas getting killed. We've always known that, though. Yeah, but we didn't know how it unfolded as far as Aunt Stella was concerned. We didn't realize that Aunt Stella was blaming Jordan for all of that from that point of view because she never really said it. I don't. Know. I feel like I've always known that. That was a big, know, some big revelation that was to a, me. That was a big revelation for me. And in in the even bigger revelation for me was when, you know, she said, "I've raised these boys for twenty years, and you know, I've had their back, and I've done this, and I've done that." And then Jordan was like, "Oh, so now we get to it. So now the real reason you're pissed off is that you could have been off somewhere living your life, but you decided to to take care of them, which that's your choice, and you did a wonderful job doing that. But you've had all this time to create your own life and move on. Excuse me, and you've chosen not to do that. That's kind of on you. I would agree with that one. And Aunt Stella got kind of pissed off about that. She, uh, I, look, the dialogue. I don't know how much of that they ad lived, and I don't know how much of that was dialogue. But whatever the situation was, it was excellent. I enjoyed that scene immensely. I really did. It was great. She told us she didn't have no life. Yeah. Well, <laughs> for like Aunt Stella was a character that yeah she a little of her went a long way, especially <laughs> at the beginning. But the uh, certainly with the relationship with Mike. And now seeing things like this where you can kind of dig deep into the character mm-hmm. and not just have it be like the, the just the one note kind of, mm-hmm. I, there's Jordan, not a hater, but now we kind of mm-hmm. dig, dig deep. I love that. I, I've been enjoying her a lot more recently. I love that. I love that. Let me see what else that I found out. Oh, 
Um, oh, and then there was that moment where, and, and we've all had this moment with a family member or a friend. There was that moment where she, Vanessa slash Jordan went to explain how Thomas ended up getting shot. Right. So she explains how Thomas ends up getting shot. And then all on Stella here is, oh, so now you blaming him for getting himself shot. So now you like, so now it's his fault that he's dead. And I'm like, we have all had a conversation with somebody like that where you say one thing. It's very clear what you said. And for whatever reason, they heard a completely different context in the sentence. Yeah, they will just latch onto the one thing there. Like, no, right. that is what right. it's really And about. so that's to the point where, where Curtis had to jump in and said, no, Aunt Stella, that's not what she's saying. She said this. Why don't you just, like, give her a chance and listen? She was like, no. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was li- I know you're like, I can care less about this child. No, no, I was that, living that- for that that was one of my favorite scenes for the whole week. I was really blown away by just the, the writing and the acting by everybody involved in that. I was a big fan. Really? And you know who are also big fans? The people who watch AfterBuzz TV because okay. we're fans of all the variety of different after shows that we do. All right. Uh, you know, you know, we uh, our network produces uh, after shows for nearly all your favorite TV shows from dramas, reality TV, sci-fi, and more. You know, there's no network that works harder to please you, our television fans. But we need your help. We're asking that you please subscribe to one or more of our YouTube channels. And by subscribing to our channel, YouTube will suggest content that's tailor-made for you and help you help AfterBuzz continue <coughs> to grow. And if you're worried about those pesky notifications, you don't have to worry about it. They're optional. So hit that subscribe button now for this channel and check out our other AfterBuzz TV channels as well. And let us know you did so in the comments. And once again, Carla Renata is going to spend time off the clock at home. You know, she's going to be there with a little glass of wine composing a well-thought-out, very complimentary shout-out to you that she'll say live on air just for you. So, for now, thanks for being the best fans and for making us the ESPN of TV talk. I don't know why you're sitting over that line, but okay. <laughs> Carly, I know there's something you, after last week, you're like, I can't wait to look go home. You, look at you, you can't even get it out with a straight face. No, look you told you. me, like, I, I'm going to go home tonight, I'm going to get that nice little uh, bottle of Chianti and I'm going to pour it out. I don't even know what Chianti is. Shut up, Frank. <laughs> So um, somebody in the chat room said that Brianna Nicole Henry is taking over the role of Jordan. There you go. Yes. So Thank you for that tidbit of info. I can't wait to see how all that unfolds. All right. So that's what all I have to say. I think I got everything out that I want to say about that. But I was just you living. Sure? You know, are they a little, little bit more? No. No? I just, I was I was like their outfits? <laughs> Shut, I did like their outfits, actually. <laughs> I did. I was looking at the outfits and I was looking at the hair. I was looking at the makeup because, you know... As a black person on TV, the makeup and the hair is very important. People weren't looking crazy, so it was all good. And as always with every family therapy, especially one that is as heated as this, when they walk out and one of the one or more of the participants uh, come to the realization like, oh, wait, this isn't it? We you were doing another one? <laughs> like, uh, I love, no. I love, I, read, I, love how, <laughs> I love how she thought, oh, that was good. And, and then, and, But I love how Aunt Stella kept making them dig. She's like, oh. You've been holding that in for a long time. I bet you couldn't wait to get that out. I'm like, ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> I'm like, honestly, she, and then she yelled and she was like, I don't like her. I don't trust her. I don't want her to be with Curtis. I'm like, dang. Like, she did not hold back. You, uh, yeah, because it is, I mean, just like real life, you will make nice as much as you can, but uh, that's, you know, that scab is just, you know, you can just pick it apart and the, everything that you feel about that person is still just right there. Have you ever been in that situation? Uh, I know you're in that situation with me. 
So uh, I know if we no, speak Frank. that scam with Carla, she will go off. No, Frank. I will, just t- I will just tell you in the moment. I will not come for you. I will just tell you. I will I will have that Chandra Wilson calm Dr. Massey voice <laughs> and uh, just tell you. There will be a throat punch. You'll see this. You'll just see Carla's fist coming into frame like this. I can't stand you right now. Pop, and then I'm out. I can't stand you. So talking, <laughs> speaking of Sonny and Mike. So let's just talk about the fact how disheartening and and sad and scary that was. That scene where Mike's little thing goes off and it alerts the alarm and there's everybody in that room, just guns ablazing, including Sonny. And how close Sonny came to almost, you know, popping off around on his own dad. I'm like, wow, that that was scary. But um and I hate that that unfortunately that was the impetus that made him finally go and start to look at some institutions for his dad because he realized in that moment that he can only keep him safe for so long, that eventually if they continue to go the way that they do, regardless of how much help that they have, there's, you know, something's bound to happen that they don't have any control over, like that situation. Like if you've already reached this point right now, (laughs) Mm -hmm. that means it can only get Get worse. Yeah. 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 And so, yeah, I mean, Mike, uh, Sonny decides he's going to go check out at least some places there that might be a, a proper home for uh, for Mike. And I it felt so – I mean, I could understand Sonny doesn't want to be a burden to anybody else about this because he feels it's his issue to deal with. <laughs> uh, but that he he kept on protesting for so long with Carly, like, yeah, let me just rearrange my schedule. I'm going to take the day to be with you. No, no, no. You know, I'm like, Sonny, geez, Louise, just, just relax. I know, but I think he's so – he, but it's that Sonny Corinthos mindset of – He's used to being the man and being in control and controlling everything around him, including the people that he loves. And this is something that he can't control. This is out of his control. Alzheimer's is out of his control. He can't control that. He can't make it better for his dad. He can't make it progressively slow down. There's nothing that him as Sonny Corinthos, you know, the godfather of Port Charles, there's nothing that he can do to stop the action of, of what that is. Not even with a nice cup of coffee? Not, no? not even with some Corinthos coffee. <laughs> <laughs> well, and especially given that Carly was in uh, was institutionalized for a long period of time, he had to just do a lot of this on his own. So kind of tough sometimes maybe to do it. I was like, oh, wait, I, I guess I do have a support system. I can uh, relax a little bit and rely on some others to help me out. Absolutely. And I, I'm, glad that, I'm glad that they're showing that um, – Jason and Carly are there to support him as well as and and give him give him that permission that he probably just needs to hear come out of somebody else's mouth going you're doing everything that you can do but I'm going to need you to like take that next step and discuss it with him but I, and I really hate the fact that they went to look at the homes and that he didn't have that conversation with Mike but Mike knows that conversation is coming so I think he's kind of bracing for it you know Yeah I mean I guess I mean, how do you handle that situation? I feel like, do you look at the places first just to see? And I mean, then... I'm in that situation right now, so I don't know. I don't know what I will do if and when it gets to that point because the the loved one that I'm caring for is very adamant about that not being the case, and the loved one that I'm caring for is also a retired medical professional that worked in those types of facilities. So they know very well what goes on. So being someone in real life that's being faced with that type of adversity, I don't really know 
what I'm going to do when that time comes or how it is, because just like the character on General Hospital, every time that subject is broached with my family member, they don't want to talk about it. They don't want to think about it. They get very agitated. It's a thing. So I get it. And I think I think something will just happen that'll let you know that now is the time. Unfortunately, I think yeah. something's going to happen where I'm going to know that this is the time that 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 conversation needs to happen regardless of how everybody's feeling about it. Because just like Sonny Corinthos, I'm that family member that feels like as long as I keep the, the person with me, I can keep them safe. I can stop anything from happening to them. And something really bad did happen and there was nothing I could do about it. There was, I, there was nothing I could do about it. So I, I get it and I understand it and it's very hurtful and it's very harmful and it's very emotionally um, distressing when you have to go through that. But I really appreciate the care and sensitivity in which general hospital writers are treating that situation because I can tell you right now as someone who is going through that, it's right on the money. It, uh, I know there's a lot of questions, and we even talked about it too, like how long we saw this storyline progressing. Uh, but it seems like we were now closer, not to not to Mike being written off the show entirely, but mm. at least getting to the next phase of it where he is now institutionalized and it becomes we visit him however so often this show decides to. Yeah, but I'm glad they took their time in in unfurling that situation because if they had... <laughs> Not to make light of it, but if they had done it the way they aged them kids up on the show, I would have had a problem with that. Well, I think it, it, it would make Sonny seem less compassionate, less human to immediately go like, boom, you're going right there mm-hmm. to this institution, mm-hmm. assisted living uh, facility. Mm-hmm. I think you, you need to put in that, that legwork mm-hmm. to make it feel like, yes, you can understand why Sonny feels that he has no choice at this point. Otherwise, it's like, boy, what a monster. Does this guy have no human emotions? Is he frank? <laughs> Because I would go, get out, you're going. No, I, you I could do. never do that to a fan. And I think I think part of his hesitation in pursuing a home or another facility for, for Mike is because he's just getting to know his father who wasn't there as he was growing up. Like he, his, his dad was, for all practical purposes, a deadbeat dad. He wasn't there. He's an absentee father. So he's having these memories now of playing with Sonny when he was a kid playing ball, memories that don't really exist, right? But they're, ha- they're having a moment or, yeah, they're having a moment in time where they are able to recreate these moments as adults and make, not better, but make better memories, I guess than what they had previously before Mike, you know, showed back up. And that's hard, too, because now you have you have somebody like Sonny who's like, oh, I have a chance to make all of this right with my dad and have a better memory than the one I had growing up. So part of him, part of him not um, completely moving into that is that apprehension of not being able to share more memories and have more wonderful moments like he's been having with his dad, you know. Uh, speaking of family... You know, sometimes it's uh, father and son. Sometimes it's that rascally twin brother who also <laughs> happens to be uh, a serial killer. You know how that goes. We've all been there, right? Uh, uh, we do finally uh, figure out who is who. But you called that. You called that weeks ago. You don't remember calling that, do you? I don't even remember what day it is, Carolyn. <laughs> what are we doing here? What's happening? You Where call- are we? You called, because remember at one point I said, I wonder if 
if the person we think is Kevin is really Ryan and you were like, no, you, you felt like Ryan really was the dude that was in the room next to Carly. But you called that weeks ago. So I'll give you that. Well, look at me. Gosh, that's, that, I think that's the nicest thing, closest to the nicest thing that Carly will ever say <laughs> to me ever. So I will take that and bask in it. Whatever. Uh, but we do find out that uh, the person that hung up, we were thinking, oh, could they have, uh, they have switched? And the thing that kind of led you to thinking no is that uh, Kevin, at least the Kevin that was out in the public, Still had so many of Kevin's memories, and you know Laura and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it would have that had been an enormous amount of time that this switch had to happen. Mm-hmm. And so we do find out. No, for some reason that Ke- that Ryan is still alive mm-hmm. somehow, and uh, he has been found by Kevin and then taken over to Ferncliff mm-hmm. to kind of hopefully rehabilitate him. Yeah, that ain't happening. Uh, what was great though is John Lissom is awesome. So any chance to see him uh, on screen is fantastic. But then you get him have him give him a chance to bring back Ryan as well. Who doesn't want to see that? You know, you kind of play that darker side of that. But it was also great to see some of the old flashbacks from the original stuff. I was going to say, that was really cool, how they integrated the flashbacks with what was going on currently, and that it was coming from Felicia. Mm-hmm. Like, I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed that. I'm like, well, they need to do a little bit, not like go overboard with it. At least I'm not saying that. But it's nice that somebody that wrote that episode had enough forethought to go, Let's make this a flashback situation where we can explain it through the flashbacks as opposed to her giving this really long monologue about watching Ryan kill his wife. And what I do love, though, is I had forgotten how awesome John Lindstrom's hair was back in the day. He had this luscious hair. Oh, it was great. But wait, didn't you love the fact that when he was Kevin, they showed the receding hairline, and when yeah. he was Ryan, they kind of had it <laughs> cascading in his face a little bit. That's I'm like, right. okay, all right, okay. Uh, it was funny. But I will give it that because so often when they do like the twins, it's pretty much just the same hairdo, and you're wondering, how do these people that probably don't know each other for the longest time happen <laughs> to have the same identical hairdo? It was great. So, I, I really enjoyed that. I'll take a little comb little comb forward, kind of part it around. And you know what else I enjoyed about that? The fact that Maxie actually remembered some of it. Yes. That Maxie was like, I remember when we lived in Texas, you know, how did you know that this nice guy was going to turn out to be the person that Ryan turned out to be? I love the fact that, that they let the audience know that even though Maxie was young, she still, because when you're little, there are certain things that you do remember, but people don't think you remember it. And I love the fact that they acknowledge that she remembers that. That was cool. What I, and we talked a little bit about this before the show started, that what I love most about this is that it has been a long time since Felicia has had anything of substance to do in this Absolutely. And I am so hoping that this is an opportunity, especially with her uh, in one of the episodes this this past week, to be a major part of the storyline. Yeah, I th- I think this is good. I think I was just saying to I was saying to our our engineer Stephen that you know back in the day I could tell you every character who was on General Hospital because it was a core group of people. There weren't people floating in and out you know, consistently throughout the years. It was like a core group of people. There were the Quartermains, there were the Spencers, and that was it. And either you were in one of those families or you were out somewhere, you know, futzing between the two. But there was a core group of people, and it was much easier to keep track of who was who and who did what and, you know, the storylines over the years. And now it's a little bit more difficult to keep up because there's so many people floating in and out of the soap, don't you think? True. There's, I, you know, it's gotten away from like the the two major families, and then some kind of ancillary characters around. Right. Exactly. It has definitely diversified a lot more from mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. But uh, give me some Mac. Give me some Felicia. 
Uh, Laura, it. when she gets back, they get heavily involved in the storyline as well. And then we got Tristan Rogers. I'm loving it. All the old GHs. I love them coming back. I love it, love it, love it, love it. Oh, it's but fantastic. What, but what I also peeped was, um, I think Maxie and Lulu were like, so how did you become, after all of that, how did you How did you end up being friends with Kevin? Because Kevin and Ryan basically have the same face. And she said, well, well, you know, Mac and I realized that he wasn't anything like Ryan. So what's going to be interesting is... Excuse me, we know after watching that last episode that Ryan kind of knocked Kevin out. And we don't know if he's going to, well, we can assume that he's probably going to take his place and put Kevin in the, the straitjacket, which makes sense because the scene prior to that was Kevin trying to convince the orderly to, to let him let him out. So pretending Ryan, that he was yes. Kevin, right, as Ryan. So that's going to be real interesting to see how that kind of, you know. Yeah, there you go. You knew you never turn your back on a guy in a straight jacket. No matter what. <laughs> no matter what. Even if you've tied it yourself, still never turn your back on a, on a man in a straight jacket. And let's just talk about, so let's flip back to the Corinthos household for a second. When Oscar shows up to make this this video or whatever it is he's doing for him and Joss's anniversary, and then he has that little seizure, does he have a medical condition that we don't know about? I guess we're going to find out. Not that I, not that I can recall saying on the show, but because I was like, did I miss something? Does he have a medical condition? And and the fact that it's Jason that's there with him, I'm like, hmm, this is going to be interesting. Well, it was uh, they zigged where they uh, they zagged where they. I thought they were going to zig on that because it was all leading up to, hey, I'm going to give you a ride on my bike over there. So I was only expecting. Something terrible happened. An accident. Yep. Oh, you thought it was going to be an accident? I was like, another accident so soon? What's going no. on? And then, nope, just turns out he's got some sort of illness no. going on there. Yeah. So I'm, I'm interested to see what's going on. You know what else I'm interested to see how it's going to play out is this whole situation with with Brad and Lucas and this baby and this birth mother situation. Uh, yeah. So we and do Julian. See... What is wrong with Julian? He just can't keep, he just can't leave well enough alone. Well, we talked about it last week. I mean, he's, you know, trying to at least. Uh, make up for every kind of past transgression against his children. And he sees this as an opportunity that, yes, I, I, I'm the right person, type of person that can make this happen and protect my son. So let me do it. But what's really killing, and what's killing me, but I'm loving it all at the same time, is that they're giving the actor that plays Brad all the screen time. Because we're really getting to see what a wonderful, gifted actor he is. Yes. And I'm, I'm really glad that they're giving him some air time because he is freaking out and losing his... <laughs> His blessed little mind. Little Perry Shan, look at him go. Who he is? He's having a nervous breakdown. So I'm, I'm loving that. And then <laughs> I didn't see this coming. So to switch to another storyline. So Curtis is now working for Valentine, right? To find out where Nina's kid is, right? And then we get the news that her mother then died in prison. Anytime you hear about that having off camera, don't buy it. That's, okay, that's always basically. She is off canvas right now, but at any point that we want, we can pull up. her back in. <laughs> so I'm sure Valentine has done something to kind of take her away for some reason. But I wonder, did Valentine, and the reason I'm wondering is because when the camera zoomed in on Valentine's face, he had like this sinister look on his face. Did he kill her mother? I don't think he killed her. I, we haven't seen, you're not going to. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, because he looked, he looked a little crazy and I was like, he, they got that sinister close-up on his face. I'm like, mm, I, I mean, wonder what happened People thought Claudette there. Was, you know, could have been killed as well. And then we saw her pop up holding a, holding a newspaper okay, in, sec- in seclusion somewhere. <laughs> so it's only a matter of time before uh, Donna Mills will pop up holding a newspaper oh, somewhere. Oh, God. Point uh, well taken. Yes. Point well taken. <laughs> and you know what else I loved was the um, the really nice sisterly conversation that Christina and Sam had together. Yes. About and, her re- relationship with Parker and 
and how strong Sam is and how she, you know, loved Jason, went away from Jason and all that. I love that they actually, because they're, they're always referring to them being sisters. And I was like, well, how are they going to be close? Because Sam found out that Alexis was her mom as an adult, but Christina grew up with her. So there's a different dynamic in terms of who the, of how they are um, dealing with the mom, right? So I was like, are they ever going to have a chance to, like, just sit down and talk? I actually thought this. Are they ever going to have a chance to just sit down and talk about that and I was really happy to see that. Look, they had some good scenes this week. I mean, it might have been two days, but they had some good stuff going on on GH. Don't you think? I was I was all over. I was like, ooh, y'all are going in, and then we have Nell calling Dr. Kim with some madness. We have Michael trying to look like he's going to go to a bereavement session, but not really. Like it was just a lot going on. It has been interesting where we've seen just a little bits of Nell, and I'm sure as the uh, the Brad and Lucas and the child custody and the reveal that it's uh, really. Uh, for sure, at least uh, Nell's, maybe Michael's by baby, mm. uh, comes to light how they're keeping Nell sort of kind of in the mix. Mm. So since, you know, right now we know that uh, Chloe has kind of left the show, at least for the time being. And the only thing I kind of didn't like was with the scene with Drew and, and Margot. I'm like, their kissing is just awkward. That relationship. It's just, I'm not, I don't get it. I'm like, they just looked awkward. And I'm just like, what is happening? I don't understand. I honestly hope that GH would have at least just hit the pedal of the metal on the storyline and have the true be the true flash drive. And let's just confront it, get going, yeah, and going, move on it, to the yeah, next one. Oh, oh, oh. And I almost forgot that scene between Ava and Griffin where Griffin let her have it. I'm like, yes, Griffin, yes. Yeah. He got a spine this week. I was living for Griffin going off on Ava and threatening her and saying, look, if you don't straighten up your act and fly right, I'm blowing the whistle on you and Sunny's going to take you out. Yes. Uh, jump back here to Margot and Drew. Mm-hmm. So uh, we do find out that, yeah, the flash drive that it was found in the hotel room that Drew comes across is not really the flash drive with his memories on there. Just some old family photographs and whatnot. Yeah, it was That tired. Margot does come up with a lie about. And it's just... Then they, kiss at, then they kiss at the end of it. But that's what I'm saying. It was awkward. It's like, why is that happening? Like, if somebody came in my hotel room and accused me of doing something... And I'm trying to give, you know, the disguise of I didn't do it. I ain't trying to kiss you on your way out the door. Yeah, I because it, I'm it, just saying there, there's more to it than uh, her because I feel like the, the plan of trying to manipulate Drew to get Jason's secrets out of his head to use it to try to get Sonny. I feel like that's a, a futile effort because I feel like everybody knows what Margo's agenda is with Drew in regards to right, that. Right. So then we really need the other shoe to be dropped and right. tell us, What's the real reason that Margot's doing all this? She's and why got shenanigans. She She's got shenanigans. I just don't know what it is. I hope that the payoff is a good one because right now I'm just like, ugh. It's, uh, I wish I could say, like, I've got full confidence. But, yeah, I feel like GH's track record in a lot of these revelations isn't that great. Mm. So sometimes it can knock it out of the park and sometimes it can be like, oh, boy. Mm. And I'm hoping this is not one of those, oh, boy, kind of moments. Mm. We also get a, uh, a scene with uh, uh, Drew and Lulu. Uh, have a conversation mm-hmm. where it was just like, hey, let's uh, let's just have a straight talking where, like, I don't know if you can still work, do the kind of stories that you were doing when Peter August mm-hmm. was overseeing everything. Mm-hmm. And so that compels Lulu to then at once as she's kind of rebuking Peter August mm-hmm. to say, like, I need this opportunity. Nobody else is going to give me this kind of she's thing. She's getting on my nerves with that. And then, and which brings us back to when she goes to Felicia... <laughs> When she goes to Felicia and Maxie and reveals that the intruder is going to do this story about the the anniversary of Ryan murdering his wife, and 
I love how Maximus like, Lulu, I swear to God, if you were doing this to make a name for yourself, I don't know what. She was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, I don't know if I'm going to punch you in your throat or kill you. Like, I just don't know. But I do like that uh, that Lulu came forward. She found something. And being completely honest, like, I'm in no position to kill a story. Mm-hmm. But at least I can give you a heads up that this story is being put together. I don't believe her, though. Do you well, believe I, her? I, I, she, given how far... The way that Maxie laid into her, and then they had that great little pool noodle fight in the uh, Crimson offices. I think once you've had a pool noodle fight with somebody. No, but come on. She's still running behind Peter August doing shenanigans. Yet again, he's doing another story about somebody else's life that's going to result in somebody possibly getting murdered. Well. Again. But but I feel like this is not something that's going to help that happen. This is just you're, you're covering a story. It just so happens at the same time. That Ryan is getting out on the loose and, and, and pursuing um, Felicia. I don't know about that. Uh, you know what, Carla? We've got like eight minutes, mm. 35 seconds as the clock ticks. Mm. And I teased at the beginning that we, you know, hey, can we take a phone call? Maybe we take one phone call. Look yeah, because they're like, are y'all taking phone calls? There you go. So maybe we could do a couple if we do them rapid fire. Uh, the number, if you want to call in, 424-253-0749. Please call in. I know Xavier would like to hear from you. <laughs> <laughs> so, so give us a call, and we can uh, we can chat about what's been going on there before we get into some news and gossip. Mm-hmm. Yes. I know Miss Kelly was asking about a phone call. So oh, my goodness. Miss we'll Kelly, Kelly, I know you better call in. You want to ask him about the phone call. Just quick on the finger. Now, we're waiting for a phone call to come up. One bit of news and gossip that I'll uh, detail right now is... Uh, After Buzz TV News. It's our, our, our good old friend Jonathan Jackson, a former player uh, who originated the role of Lucky. Uh, the big story right now is that uh, that he's given away one of his daytime Emmys that he won for uh, his performance as as good old Lucky Spencer, and he gave it away to a uh, Greek Orcod- Greek Orthodox church. So uh, yeah, so he gave that to them, uh, and it was uh, his his uh, oh, the. I got his quote for his explanation there. But basically, he had a good explanation for why he did it there. Uh, it's, uh, these people are dedicating their lives to prayer and not just praying for themselves, but truly praying for all of us. And the thought of kind of crossed my mind with all the destruction, chaos, and insanity that goes on in this world. If their prayers weren't happening, what would this world be like? I felt personally like I just wanted to thank them because I really believe that their prayers mean a lot. So Aww. he gave them one of his daytime Emmys. Okay. Fantastic. Uh, welcome to the GH Report. Uh, what's your name and where are you from? Carla, girl, it's me. Look hey, at that, Kelly. Kelly. All right. <laughs> what's up, girl? What you got to say? I am loving Max Gale. There you go. Yeah. I think we. I think it's safe to say we're a big fan here of him at the GH Report. Oh, yeah. I went through this. Uh, my mother had dementia. Mm-hmm. And we got to the point we couldn't leave my mother alone, and we had to put her in a home. Mm. That must have been difficult. But I'm so sorry. She was living with my sister. My sister came home from work and found my mother in the bottom of the staircase. Mm. Never good. That was the end of it. Mm. I am so sorry. No, so, they... And uh, then we lost mom back in May. This year? Oh. Yeah. Oh, so this is really raw Four for months- you. Well, we've been dealing with this for two years. Mm. So it, she, she's where she needs to be right now. Mm. She's with my father and my stepmother. Mm. Oh, that's her cool. stepmother. So, that's, yeah. 
Uh, that is one thing that soap can do, especially if you've recently gone through an experience that's very similar to a, uh, a tale that's being told. In kind of uh, a little bit of catharsis that can happen Absolutely. during that. Absolutely. It, Max Gale is hitting this to a T. Yeah, well, hopefully he'll he'll be recognized and awarded for his exemplary work on, on General Hospital because he is hitting it oh, to a T. He's knocking it out of the ballpark. better get an Emmy out of this. Oh, he will. <laughs> trust. Trust and believe. That's going to happen. <laughs> he sang, he Kelly. Don't forget, he sang. Yeah, right there. he had on a tux. He sang at the nurse's ball. I'm like, go. come on. That's right. Oh, yeah. I've been a Max Gale fan since Barney Miller. I knew you were going to say Barney Miller. <laughs> <laughs> I loved him on Barney Miller, too. He was good. He was good. Kelly, I, I used to watch Barney Miller with my late father. Oh, nice. Oh. Well, I... I want to try to get in as many calls as we can before we go. We probably have time for one more. Kelly, thank you so much for calling. I'm sorry it was so brief. We'll try to do this again. Right? We get a I little bit more time too to much. I'm sorry, Kelly. No, 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 that's all right. It, Carly had notes today. It's needs to be, and I love you guys, and change that hoodie. Ah, you don't like the red? <laughs> Come on now. No, I'll, I'll send you one from PEI. Oh, all right. You do that, I'll wear it, Kelly. My, you're guaranteed right here. Thank right. you, Kelly. Have a good one. Send me, send me your size. All right. You got a moo moo? Is it a moo moo? I'll take a moo moo. No. <laughs> Bye. All right. Thanks, Bye. Kelly. All right. I think we can squeeze one more in before we go. We'll keep it short and sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they can sit down and they can compliment Carla and how awesome she is. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to happen. What, but anywho. Know. <laughs> I mean, you know, folks, if you want to see me in a different color hoodie, feel free to just send some hoodies uh, to the to the network, and I'll, I'll wear the color of your choice. <laughs> All right. Uh, so uh, one other bit of uh, casting news here is it looks like as much as we're loving Robert Scorpio, and we've had a little bit. No, he's not leaving. Oh, no. Uh, he's already tweeted out that he's already shot his last date. Oh, dang. Uh, and that really, as of right now, he has no plans of coming back to the show. The only one that really has the... Uh, the knowledge of that is the uh, is, uh, is Frank Valentine. So hopefully, oh, but while we lose one Scorpio, we will do get we do get another. Who's we'll Robin? Robin Scorpio Drake Yay. will be coming back sometime this fall. No exact air dates yet, but she will be coming back this Yay, fall. Yay, we love Robin. Yeah, but it uh, the, you know it's been so nice having him as part of the canvas for the show, and I would. I love Robert Scorpio. He's one of my favorite characters. So, we know this. Yes. You so, give him big ups all the big time. Big ups, big ups. So the more time that we can have him on there, as long as he's not doing like really lame entrances while he's drawing his gun, we'll skip that part. Wow. But everything else, let's keep more <laughs> Tristan Rogers on the show. So hopefully they realize that, yes, we need him part of this investigation. Because I feel like it hasn't wrapped up yet. I love him. What yeah. else we got? Uh, and it looks like uh, possibly uh, one of the gossip things for the show is that the uh, the wedding of Curtis and Jordan, mm-hmm. we've talked about it, it looks mm-hmm. like it may be going on the rails for a little bit, at least... Uh, um, yeah, after, that, broke, after yep. that session. After that could be a broken <laughs> engagement. Uh, do you see them actually at some point getting married? Do you no. feel like, no, at no, no point? Do you think no. the show's going to just break it up? Yeah. I mean, this is the thing. When a family member that strongly is against a union, the likelihood of it actually going to fruition is not is like next to nil. Do you feel it's going to be more of uh, a mutual decision between Curtis and Jordan? Or does Curtis reach a point where it's like, I love both of these women, but they can't be around each other. I think Jordan is going to be the bigger person in the situation and, and just take a step back is what I think is going to happen. Oh, man. That's going to be a, it's going to be a shame. It is, because I, I kind of like them together. I mean, you know, I feel like the only thing... Maybe would... he'll hook up with Nina. Yeah, you're, you know, no way. Nina's coming oh, back. What you mean, no way? He might hook up happen. with Nina. Nina not going to get back together with Valentine. Mm. She over Valentine. No, she no because Valentine is trying to find her daughter, 
And when that happens, shenanigans. I'm telling you, she gonna hook up with she gonna hook up with Curtis, and then they gonna find the daughter, and then she's gonna be torn between Curtis and Valentine. Watch for that. That's like classic soap opera mess. I feel like they did a little bit, just a, a quasi flirtation between Curtis and Nina when he first. Uh, That's what I'm saying. First, they were in Crimson. That's now, what I'm saying. I feel like their relationship has evolved past that. I don't yeah, think that so. they're they're just good pals. I don't think so. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for this episode of GH. Look at that, we got one call in. So look at that. I am not a liar. Take that <laughs> to the bank, Xavier. How did we do? Yeah, great. Oh my great. goodness. All right, that's what we like to hear. Oh, your uh, uh, Xavier likes my hoodie, Kelly. <laughs> Take that, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Though, thanks for watching the GH Report. As always, like us on Facebook. Give us those five stars on iTunes. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. And thanks everybody for hopping in the chat. You had a lot of salty dialogue here. Uh, to match uh, Ryan Pavey's tweet about uh, all the saltiness from those GH fans. Look at that. Uh, but if you want to continue the conversation with either of us after the show's over, Carla, where can they find you? You can find me across all social media platforms at The Curvy Critic. And don't forget to join me sometimes over at Black Hollywood Live, 5 o'clock for Black Tomatoes if you like movies. Just sometimes? Not all the times. Well, all the time. <laughs> okay. Just checking. Just checking. Every Sunday, 5 o'clock. Pacific Coast time. That's right. And that's where Xavier was today. So uh, <laughs> if you want to see Xavier in action, go check out this uh, this week's episode. Uh, follow me on Twitter and Instagram and tell me about what kind of hoodies you would like to see me in at Happy Go Jackie. Uh, folks, that's going to do it for this episode of the GH Report. We'll be back here next Sunday. Oh, no, actually, we won't. We'll be off next Sunday. Carla's, <laughs> Carla's got plans. I will be at the Toronto Film Festival. Yay! That's right. So she's going to be gone. So we'll be back in two weeks right here on After Buzz TV. Bye, everybody. Buzz you later. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.